following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. everybody and happy new year to everyone it is january 2nd wednesday 2020 yes that's right this is our first show of the brand new year we were did not have the privilege of being with you new year's day i was too busy uh in my three stooges marathon that does not end at midnight that does not end at 3 a.m for me that goes on for three straight days so Without further ado, I would like to welcome in my co-host uh, in 2019 and once again in 2020. So, without further ado, welcome Mr. Rhode Island, the mayor of Rhode Island, Mr. Mike DeBate. Mike, how are we doing today in 2020? La, la, la. Happy New Year, my friend. 2020, amazing. Just simply, simply amazing. And and, uh, yes, uh, Ian did allude to it. He was knee-deep in his Three Stooges Marathon. I, myself, was celebrating with Newmanium at the top of that little restaurant that overlooks Times Square. And uh, Newman booked Christopher Cross. This was amazing. It was really good. And it was, uh, you know, a fun had by all. But, you know, he didn't have a whole, whole lot of ice, and he ran out of folding chairs. So that was a big surprise. But a lot of balloons thanks to Kramer. So well, I think everything was good. Well, like I said, we are in the year 2020, but Mike's internet has gone back to the year 1920. So uh, you're going to have to bear with us while we uh, deal with some of the connection issues because <laughs> that Rhode Island internet, you got to get that infrastructure uh, working. I don't know what Kurt Schilling did to your state, but you guys got to figure it out. <laughs> and just like that, Mike is gone. So um, we will try to uh, uh, work through the technical issues as he... Um, deals with uh cutting in and out here so. possible for all of this oh, uh, i'll oh, tell okay. you exactly right. well, what uh, what welcome happened. back welcome back <laughs> you you must have been cursing for like 30 seconds straight because uh i think the fcc just uh, see, out so yeah so <laughs> we're gonna uh yes i actually was yes this is this is definitely yeah <laughs> okay. oh man okay just making sure because uh you know i uh i, I was blaming kurt Schillen for your uh internet issues there in rhode island so um we got an exciting show today. We got two shows left this week, uh, Thursday and Friday, and uh, we got two days of games coming up. We oh, you set. really should blame it. It, it, it is 38. St- <laughs> um, <laughs> we we might have to try to figure this out because we're, we're off by like 20 seconds. Everyone listening is probably like, what the hell are we talking about right now? Um, can you hear me fine now? Are we good? Are we good? Are we clear? Coming in uh, A-OK? Yeah, I'll take that as a no. So as soon as Mike gets back with us, we will jump into this, but... Saturday, we got the AFC. Uh, the Patriots. Are, I, I'm, I'm I'm still getting used to it myself. The Patriots are hosting the Titans, and the uh, the Texans are traveling. Or I'm sorry, the the Texans are going to be uh, hosting the. Uh, completely blanked on it. <laughs> I'm, here I am trying the Buffalo Bills. That's right, another team that doesn't often make it to the playoffs. I'm trying to figure out how to get Mike back on the line here. So you're going to have to bear with me, folks. Um, we're going to preview these games. We're going to talk about some of the coaching hires. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll touch a little bit on the NFC championship or the NFC playoff games, which will take place on Sunday. Uh, we will give our picks tomorrow at the end of the show before we, uh, before we uh, uh, you know, jump into the weekend and, and watch some entertaining football. So, Mike, how's it feel about the Patriots playing on Wild Card Weekend this, uh, this year? And that deafening silence, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, is going to be saying, uh, oh, yeah, no, really. Uh, the thing is, the, the Patriots obviously had an opportunity to clinch up uh, their 10th straight first-round bye, but failed to do so. Um, they will now be playing in wildcard weekend. So they're going to have a very formidable opponent in the Tennessee Titans, as they uh, the Tennessee Titans have been coming in red hot. Um, obviously, ever since the Ryan Tannehill quarterback change, they've just been – uh, one of the better teams in the league. I mean, let's face it, uh, from quarterback play to rushing, Derrick Henry has, is averaging 150 yards a, uh, a game the last six or seven games. So um, this guy is uh, – it's, it's a scary matchup for 
the Patriots. And, um, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do to try to combat the combat the, the, the Titans running game and their very efficient passing game because, you know, again, Ryan Tannehill came on, he played really well and did the league with the highest uh, uh, passer rating in the league. So it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots adapt after a very lackluster performance. So um, assuming he's here, I'll, I'll try to get uh, his opinion on it. Michael? Are we there, Michael? Oh, yes. I, I think we're back. I think, hands. yes. Yes. The, 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 the resurrection has happened. Yes. Uh, all kidding aside, folks. Thank you so much for putting up with my uh, very, very poor 38 Studios <laughs> responsible internet up here in the Ocean State, the smallest state in the Union. But I am back, it looks like. And I'm so happy. I think we've got everything taken care of. Well, <laughs> I, I was sitting here thinking, all oh, right, well, I'm going to have to talk a lot. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, all right, I'm two minutes in. I'm already running out of things to say. So uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mike, for joining me i'm 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 a little bit behind myself without my coffee this morning so um oh, that, yeah, anytime, i appreciate it anytime my friend it is always always great to join you here and uh yes uh, i did hear i was able to hear everything that you were saying you mentioned ryan Tannehill, and you mentioned oh. the new england patriots and the difficulties that come with playing on wild card weekend and look you know it's it's an embarrassment of richards for patriots <laughs> fans i think a lot of people are looking at this i know patriots fans are treating having to play on wild card weekend like it's a one in 15 season and <laughs> you know it's just it's really it's completely un- inaccurate when you take a look at the fact that there were probably about 28 or 29 other nfl franchises that would absolutely just chomp at the bit to be where the patriots are right now but Alas, they are playing on Wild Card Weekend. They're hosting the playoff game. And this Tennessee Titans team is formidable. You mentioned Ryan Tannehill and what he's meant to that team. Derrick Henry has been an absolute force. Not only is he a power runner that's difficult to tackle, mm-hmm. but he's also fast. He's quick. He's got a big burst. One of the, I think one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL right now. Um, they've got talent on both sides of the ball. I think their defensive talent sometimes is overlooked by how prolific their offense has been, but this is a defensive team that can make stops. And Adoree Jackson, who's one of their better cornerbacks, has not played since December 1st. He's been a full participant in practice the last couple of days. If he plays, that could help to shore up some of their uh, difficulties on defense as well. So this is going to be a tough matchup for the New England Patriots. However, that being said, The Pats are definitely coming Mm -hmm. off of a bitter, bitter taste, a bitter loss to the Miami Dolphins. They're upset. You can see it on the practice fields this week. This team is definitely not ready to give up and fold up tent like a lot of people were suggesting up here in New England. I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. This is going to be a very good one in Foxborough on Saturday night. Yeah, look, we're we're not going to give our uh, official predictions until tomorrow because we're going to leave you hanging here a little bit. We're going to try to dangle that that piece of chocolate out there for you so you know get a little bit of a nipple but then we'll give you the full thing next week uh or tomorrow and that's what she said uh so (laughs) i've been watching a lot of the office the last couple days so you're gonna have to bear with me um yeah i heard about the three stooges i don't know if anybody caught uh, our uh, yeah that that was definitely good yeah my, my, my good friend was knee deep in three stooges and in case you didn't hear my uh, uh my new year's eve plans i was actually celebrating with new manium that that yes. uh that you know yes absolutely and uh it was good he booked christopher cross it was a fun nice. time he ran out of ice though he ran out of ice and folding chairs which is amazing to me well, that's, but that's, a lot that's of balloons foolish. he had a lot of balloons <laughs> kramer brought the balloons so everything was good but uh yeah no all, all kidding aside uh happy New Year, my friend, because I don't know if you if you heard that before, but uh, just in case you didn't, uh, great to join you in, in 2019 and looking forward to bigger and better in 2020. So yes, awesome that, stuff. That's right. And uh, again, if you're just tuning in, we had some uh, technical issues earlier where Mike just could not stop cursing. So I had to uh, I had to mute him. <laughs> yes, yes. He he you know, he gets a little out of control sometimes. You know, Mike, you know, I got to settle him down. He's I'm the level headed one in this I mean, group. It's it, oh, oh, there we go. See, it happened. Again. I'm all about this new <laughs> Year. Yep. I'm all about this new year, new me type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> new year, new uh old internet, actually. because uh, the same Yeah, place. new year, <laughs> old internet. Yeah, same, same stuff when it comes to that crappy connection. But all is all is well. All seems to be going well a little bit here. So <laughs> no, yeah, we'll take we, it. We will uh we will certainly power through this. Yeah, so we're gonna talk a lot about the AFC games today. Uh tomorrow we're gonna focus on the NFC games on Sunday, and then of course uh we will uh, give our like I said, give our picks. Um real quick I do want to uh, talk about uh, the official 
it was made official, the hiring of Ron Rivera in Washington, and then he brought on uh, Jack Del Rio to be his defensive coordinator. And, you know, someone I, I commented when this was made official that I thought this was a really, really good hire for Washington. Actually, it was a fantastic hire, and someone asked why, because, well... Uh, a lot of reasons, and 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 they weren't asking in a in a snarky, sarcastic way. They were legit, legitimately asking me why I thought this was a good hire, and my reasoning was: um, this Washington Redskins team is in dire, desperate need of a makeover in in their culture, and in, in their locker room, and in their construction of how their team runs. And what Ron Rivera may lack in X's and O's. Um, I don't think we're going we're gonna to sit here and say he's the best X's and O schemer out there ever, you know. Uh, he's one of the better ones, but, you know, at the same time, his, uh, he doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't hit the, the same highs as, say, a Belichick or whoever. I mean, not who does. But what he lacks in that X's and O's, he brings in character and he brings in um, leadership. And, you know, he walks into a room and he commands respect from his players and he gets it. And the players do respect him. It's not forced. It's 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 something that they easily come to a realization that this guy carries a lot of weight and you have to listen to what he says. And he's, you know, he's a guy who will be... Uh, uh, straight up with you he'll tell you how he's thinking and he's not gonna he's not gonna sit there and and let you get away with a bunch of nonsense and whatnot so um from that standpoint i think this is a fantastic hire for a team that i mean really has been pretty much the same for most of my adult life um you know i go back to to watching them spend a bunch of money to go get the art adam archuletas of the world and go out and find that just putting together a bunch of talent doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're going to be a good team, and the, uh, Washington has been a prime example of that over the years. So um, they have some talent. Uh, you add Jack Del Rio. You know, here's the thing: uh, you put a bunch of really good assistants around Ron Rivera, and you're talking about an all-star coaching staff. And he, he's got it started right with Jack Del Rio, who um, obviously are, they already have Montez Sweat, and you have the opportunity to go out and draft a guy like Chase Young. All of a sudden, you have a very good defensive line. Uh, a, a collection of talent to work with that's that should be enticing to any defensive coach so uh, hats off to Washington hopefully this translates for them uh, seeing their team win some games because you know th- there's there's some fan bases out there that are are, are um, uh, more dedicated than others and, and I think that's safe to say and I think Washington is one of those um, wildly obsessed fran- uh, uh, fan bases that will uh, live and die with the Redskins, and they certainly deserve a chance to see them win a few games and not go through the year after year of failure and uh, overspending to win four or five games. So uh, great hire for the Redskins, and, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I for the Redskins, I don't understand how anybody wouldn't think this is a great hire. I think his uh, his ability to come in uh, and command respect right off the bat automatically is something that I don't think that franchise has had in quite a while. And look, I like Jay Gruden, and I'm not necessarily looking at him and saying, oh, well, he's terrible, he was awful, he had to go, and I don't think he was the right fit for this team. I don't necessarily know if he's at the head coaching level, you know, that, uh, that that team needed to be able to succeed, so I just think it was a poor fit but ultimately i love what they did bringing in rivera uh i think bringing in del rio to run the defense is definitely a smart move you mentioned montez sweat and maybe uh, the possibility of uh you know drafting chase and and all of these guys that can come in you already know i mean you bring jack jack del rio in through the door folks you know that's automatically that's a four three defense Mm -hmm. uh that's his specialty that's his forte as a matter of fact i think he's already come out and said he's switching the redskins who played primarily in a three four that he's going to come in and play a 4-3. He's going to be very aggressive, and this is what he wants to do in terms of loading up, stopping the run, and developing a very, very formidable defensive front. So I think from a Washington standpoint, I think this is a great hire, and I think that they definitely hit it out of the park on this one. I think what a lot of people are questioning is why Rivera would jump at the chance to work for Dan Snyder when other jobs might and might be open, like maybe the Giants' job or you know, uh, you know, Carolina. Well, obviously Carolina. <laughs> no, that's uh, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> twenty twenty, still clearing the cobwebs. But I, I was I was actually going to say Cleveland as opposed to Carolina. That just you know, Freudian slip there, folks. But you know. 
know, the Giants job, the Cleveland job, I think a lot of people were looking at as possibilities for him. Even the Dallas job, uh, although we have no idea what's going on there and talk about a mess. I just don't understand what is happening there at all. But in any case, uh, Rivera coming into Washington is definitely a good move for Washington. I think it's going to end up being a good fit for uh, uh, for Rivera. I think he commands the type of respect that I think Dan Snyder will be able to give him. And I don't think we've seen that in uh, in, in, in uh, Washington for quite a while, maybe not since Mike Shanahan, uh, you know, had the uh, the reins there. So interesting, uh, you know, all the way around. But I think for if you're a fan of the Washington Redskins, this was a great hire. And this is going to bring that team back to, I believe, where it needs to be. And right now, let's face it, the NFC East is pretty uh, pretty open. The Philadelphia Eagles will continue to be a force. I think a couple of years away from, uh, from strong contention in that division. Dallas is always a toss-up. You never know how they're going to shake out. So Washington, if they can compile and put together a strong team here within a year or two, that team could be uh, ready to uh, make some noise in the NFC East. Yeah, and, and, and it's all about building for the future. And the only way that the Redskins were going to actually move into the future was to start from the top. And, and you get rid of Bruce Allen, you get rid of Jay Gruden, obviously, earlier this year. And now you bring in a guy who has, you know, yeah, he didn't hasn't won a head coach as a Super Bowl. or <laughs> He hasn't won a Super Bowl as a head coach. It's wow. contagious, buddy. Yeah, Don't you know, worry it, about it. Just go with it. It's like I knew what I was saying as I was saying it, but I just couldn't stop myself. So I, I, I went with it. Um uh, so yeah, so he, you know he hasn't obviously won a Super Bowl, but he he brings that, and I, I say it a lot on the show, cachet. He brings that that credibility that you need when you're trying to address these players, so especially a group of players that look. There's talent on this roster. Um, there's talent uh, within that locker room. You just have to try to find it. You got a young quarterback. You got a veteran uh, that. I mean, we're we're not quite sure where Alex Smith is in his um, recovery from injury. Um, but, you know, I'm sure we're going to get more information over the offseason and we'll kind of figure out how that situation ultimately plays out, whether he's with the skins or not. Um, that's another player that's going to be on the roster. Again, we already mentioned the defense. Uh, it, it, this is the this is, this is the best step you can take after a very um, underwhelming decade, to say the least. So uh, you, you mentioned since we're in the NFC uh, East, you mentioned Chase and Garrett and. This 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 whole situation has become even more peculiar to me because you know I I thought it was in, you know it was just a matter of, of time before he was just that was it he was gone but the Cowboys seem to be treading water right now when it comes to uh, uh, Jason Garrett because they they've had multiple meetings with him they've had uh, discussions about him but there still hasn't been a move and this <laughs> this really I the, the whole time I'm thinking about this I'm thinking about office space because when the bobs come in to move uh, and, and inform <laughs> that Milton ha- was fired but the glitch is that he still gets a paycheck I kind of feel like this is the same situation where you know Jason Garrett must have been fired like years ago but for some reason a glitch in payroll still gets him a paycheck every week. So uh, maybe the Bobs are going to come in and fix that glitch and, and Jason Garrett won't get a paycheck and it'll just, you know, kind of work itself out naturally, as they say. Uh, that's kind of how I feel with this situation because uh, if you were going to move on from him, uh, you move on from him. You don't wait uh, a week or two. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious that they need a new voice at the top. And, uh, you know, I'm reading something right now or at least seeing a headline pop up that uh, maybe the Cowboys are looking for another role for him within the organization. And, uh, again, I don't know. As long as it's not the head fo- football coach, and this isn't a, a, a trying to knock his character or him as a person. It's just this clearly hasn't worked for him and the Cowboys. It's time for the Cowboys to move on if they really – are, are looking to to make it past uh, the regular season. Uh, I'm not even talking about <laughs> playoff game number one. I'm talking about getting into the postseason first. Uh, you're not going to do that with Jason Garrett, or at least sustain much success with him, because we've seen it for nine years, six nine uh, nine seasons, six times out of the playoffs. That's 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 not good. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I don't know. May, maybe maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I. I my gut's telling me ultimately he's going to end up being back for a year now. And, and I was almost certain last week that he was gone. And just the way things are starting to play out, I feel like he's going to be back. And that's that's going to be a bad thing for Cowboys. Cowboys fans. Yeah, I believe it. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. First of all, I love the office space analogy. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> and I really think it's actually – 
probably more poignant than people realize. I, I think that might have some legs. You know, look, the, do you want to talk about what the glitch is? The glitch is Jerry Jones. I mean, there's yeah. obviously a very, very close relationship between Jones and between Jason Garrett. And look, the, the last thing in the world that I'm going to do is start to sour or make fun or poke at that relationship. However that works out, uh, people have described it as almost like a father-son type relationship. Look, I would never get in the middle of that. But Bottom line, you, you need to do what's best for your football team. We see it all the time. You and I see it in New England all the time. These guys make decisions. I mean, the Patriots are facing a very difficult decision on probably the prodigal. I, I wouldn't say the prodigal, really, because he never really abandoned anybody at all. That's bad choice of words on my part. But the golden child of the franchise and they're going to make a cold decision, whether it be, you know, the best decision for them or the best decision for anybody else. That's a decision they have to make. And the New England Patriots consistently do this. You teams make the decision to move the football team forward. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, for some reason, they haven't been able to do that. And look, you know, I don't know Jason Garrett personally. I mean, I know what I've seen, you know, on the field and the product that the Cowboys have put out on the field. And I just don't see how this team can benefit from another year of his leadership. I think we saw the team quit on him this year. And, you know, that's sad because there is a good amount of talent on the Dallas Cowboys roster on both sides of the football. And I think they should have been the NFC East champions this year. The fact that they're not and they're not even in the playoffs is a concerning thing. And to me, it begins and ends with leadership. So, yeah, I'm a little surprised by what's going on here. If there is a situation where he does end up coming back in another role in the organization and then they try to pick up the pieces and move forward with a uh, with a head coaching uh, change, then maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But uh, at this point, it just it's a bad look. It really makes the franchise look like they're very indecisive, uh, that they're very poorly run. And that's not something you're used to seeing out of the Dallas Cowboys for a number of years. Say what you will, back in the 90s, they put together teams that just can consistently clicked and won, and they were able to do it on the talent of who they had out there on the field. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Dallas. But uh, right now, just not a good look and not a good situation. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, there's plenty of time. We're not even to the first weekend of playoff games. So there's, <clears throat> there's going to be plenty of time for them to figure this whole mess out. Um before we shift over to the uh, the NFL playoff games, I do want to mention, and I, I would I would be disappointed if I did not mention it, that um, of course yesterday, uh, former NBA commissioner David Stern uh, passed away after suffering a uh, a brain uh, uh, hemorrhage. Um, I think it was on the 16th or 17th of December, so a couple weeks ago. He's been in intensive care since, and uh, you know he passed away yesterday, and. Um, you know, you, you can <clears throat> all you got to do is look, uh, you know, look on Twitter, look at uh, the the tributes pouring in, the comments made by former players, executives, coaches, who, who have you, anyone involved with the game, and and you know anyone who hasn't been living under a rock for the last twenty or thirty years, uh, you know, while he was at the reins of the NBA, realizes how important he was to growing the game that we know today. Um, he had a, obviously a strong hand in growing the international game. Um, he oversaw the addition of, I believe, six new franchises to the league. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough loss. Cause I, I think in a lot of ways, commissioners and a lot, a lot of the times it, it's, it's very well-deserved, uh, get a lot out of, the brunt of the frustration of the fans and um you know not every commissioner uh is is built to handle that type of you know criticism or or, or position I, I think we we rank commissioners uh very similarly in terms of who we think are effective and who we think are kind of just robots and all that stuff uh david stern certainly was not one of them and uh it's a it's a tremendous loss for the nba community as you know yes he had obviously given up the reins of of the uh commissionership however he was still very much involved in the in the everyday uh, operations of the nba in, in some capacity so um you know, obviously, you know, thoughts and, and all that to uh, the Stern family and all that and the NBA family in general, because, yeah, again, tremendous loss, great pioneer for the game of basketball. And, uh, you know, he, he will be remembered very positively uh, as the years go on, for sure. 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, he really was. You hit the nail on the head in so many respects, uh, my friend. And definitely, it's a loss. It's a loss for the NBA. It's a loss for the sports world. I mean, really set, I think, the, the template for what the modern commissioner in professional sports needs to be. He was very hands-on. He was very active with the players. Uh, the players trusted him, and there was a lot of, I mean, he had some some detractors. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say that all the players had nothing but glowing things to say about him, but for the most part, he commanded a good amount of respect. He was the commissioner that ushered in the new era in the NBA. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird had laid the groundwork to be able to resurrect the NBA from where it had been, which there, if you want to think about where the NBA was, just a couple of years before Magic and Larry and David Stern took the mantra and took the, uh, uh, the, the, the baton and carried it for the NBA, their NBA finals was on tape delay and it was shown past prime time late at night when nobody really cared. If you wanted to see an NBA playoff game or a finals game, you had to stay up pretty late and watch it on tape delay. That's amazing. I don't even, I can't even imagine that now. For those out there but that's who, who want to know what tape delay is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For, for those, yeah, for, for our young millennial <laughs> listeners that have no idea what tape delay is, it place earlier on in the day and you had to watch it like hours after the game was completed can you imagine with, with social media now if that was actually the case Look, no one we, would watch we, we, <laughs> but we get things that are taped that are still broadcast live through social media so there's you know what i mean so there's still no such thing as tape delay because you're always going to get something out of it so that's that's incredible that's amazing <laughs> it really is it, it really and truly is incredible and when you talk you talked about how he uh, oversaw the growth of the nba internationally one of the first commissioners to do that in any profession professional sport yeah. was to utilize the foreign market and make sure to market that uh, that professional sport in the United States to foreign countries and it's become so popular the NBA is a phenomenon in Europe um, in Italy particularly I can tell you from personal experience having been there the NBA is is big it's king I mean there really is it's almost as big as calcio or soccer over there and it's it really is just an amazing thing so uh it's a loss uh, condolences definitely go out to his family his close friends uh people that loved him will miss him they're feeling the loss and to lose someone at a holiday especially um is, is definitely a difficult thing so that's really the most important thing here but the mark that he left on the nba and professional sports landscape as a whole is indelible, and it won't be forgotten anytime soon. So uh, rest in peace, uh, uh, Mr. Stern, and uh, thank you for all the contributions that you've given to the NBA and allowed us to be able to be fans for all these years. Yeah, and I'm sure we're, we will uh, in the future get some pretty uh, you know, entertaining or at least informative documentaries and stories about his life because again he he was that important to the sport of uh basketball and, and their growth to what they are today and and again you mentioned the international thing and, and just look at the nfl you, you know look at what they've done the last 10 or 15 years especially under roger goodell again i'm not trying to give him credit i'm just saying the uh the, the the focus on trying to build the brand and grow the brand uh globally is is, is you can thank uh, David Stern and the NBA for that because again, like you said, they they set the uh, they set the trend, they set the uh, standard when it comes to that. So, um, so yes, once again, I I felt like you know we we definitely had to bring that up. So I do want to get back to the uh, wild card games because we we are going to focus on the AFC. We're going to start first with the Bills and the Texans because of course uh, that is the first game of the of this Saturday afternoon. So four thirty five NRG Stadium. The AFC South Houston Texans are hosting the Buffalo Bills, number four seed and the number five seed. So right off the bat, the Houston Texans are welcoming back J.J. Watt. That's right. He has uh, he has done his uh, obligatory number of tire flips, and he is back after, uh, a, a, you know, it, it seems like the same story every year with him. He tears a pectoral muscle, he tears a quad, or he tears a shoulder or an elbow or something like that in the middle of the season, and you wonder if he can get back. Well, he, he's going to be back this week, and, and that's going to be a huge boost to a, uh, a a Texans defense that just, you know, they're, they, they've been good at times, but this team in general, I, I still don't, despite them beating the Patriots, I still don't buy them as a serious playoff threat or a serious Super Bowl threat. Uh, adding J.J. Watt to that defense, even if he's at 75%, can only help. So that that's a big that's a big get for the Texans, who, again, are going up against a team that, A, runs the ball well, but can be very limited in their passing game. So uh, you apply a lot of pressure, pressure to Josh Allen, and maybe he's going to make a mistake or two, and that's going to be enough for the Texans to win this game. So, uh, yeah, I'd be excited if I was a Texans fan. 
That's absolutely correct, and uh, that's a very good point. If there is a blueprint right now out there to, and I hate that term, but I'm going to use it again, folks, uh, but if there is a blueprint out there that is uh, the, the kryptonite of Josh Allen, it's definitely the blitz. We saw it against the New England Patriots. He has difficulty picking it up. He has difficulty uh, you know, passing against it. He's mobile, and if he can get mobile and get free, that's his key to be able to do it. But if you contain him within the pocket and he sees that blitz coming, chances are the pass that he throws has a chance of being, uh, I don't want to always say intercepted, but there's a chance that it uh, that it's go- not going to be completed, I guess maybe is the mm-hmm. most diplomatic way for me to put it. So if Watt is able to provide the type of pressure that he's capable of providing and add a lot to that Texans pass rush, that's a big uh, move in their favor, and that all of a sudden tips the scales a little bit, maybe uh, you know more so than a couple of weeks ago if you were looking at this and had no idea if J.J. was going to be back for this game. That's definitely a, a big concern for uh, for the Buffalo Bills, and it's a big addition for the Houston Texans. Now, you mentioned that he's probably not at 100%, and I don't think there's anybody that expects him to be. 75 is probably, I think, a good estimate in terms of where you're going to see him, but sometimes just the presence of a player like that can disrupt uh, game plans and it can disrupt their focus. So it's definitely a good thing for the uh, the Houston Texans to have him back, if for no other reason, just the leadership factor mm-hmm. and the presence factor that he's going to provide is definitely going to help Houston in this game. Well, look, uh, Buffalo is certainly the stronger defensive te- team. They're giving up uh, nearly 100 yards less per game, right. uh, 100 fewer yards per game than the uh, Texans. Uh, and and again, this that's we, we know what the Buffalo Bills are. They're a very good defense. They're arguably one of the top three defenses in the entire league. So we know what that strength is. Um, the Texans, their problem is, is they don't, get a lot of turnovers uh, relative to what they give up. So they're they're 500 right now, 22 takeaways, 22 giveaways. So that gives you very little margin of error uh, when, when you're a team, especially in the playoffs. Like generally, you, you know, the better teams are going to have a positive turnover differential. You just don't – you can't sustain success when you're, when you're hovering around even or negative in that sense. So, you know, this is going to help. It's going to have a trickle-down effect. It's going to be able to – change what the Bills plan on doing because you can't just um, attack with Devin Singletary or, or Frank Gore and then then you know rely you know JJ Watt's going to be there if he if you know again if he's only 75 percent I'll, I'll take I, I'll take those odds with him being in the lineup um, you know just because of the talent and the effect that he can have on this game and you, you have obviously Whitney Merciless is there as well now all of a sudden you're looking okay well all season, we were kind of looking at Texans and like saying, okay, well, J.J. Watt's out, and you don't have Jadavion Clowney anymore to offset that. So who are they? Well, they're a mediocre defense with a, a, a good to sometimes great offense, and um, that's essentially what they are, and that's why they're 10-6 and six and, and winning the AFC South in and, and the position that they are in. So now all of a sudden, you do add J.J. Watt to that mix, and it gives them a little bit more of an edge. So uh, I, I do, again, we're not going to give our way our picks. Uh, we may uh, hint towards who we're going to select, and I'm pretty sure you could probably guess, especially next game. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll throw a curveball at you uh, for, for the second uh, AFC uh, playoff game. But um, the last time these two teams met, uh, October 14th, 2018, uh, Bills lost to the Texans 20-13. to Obviously, the Texans uh, were a uh, playoff team that year. Um, the Bills were not. Were they? No. 2017, they were a playoff team, correct? Am I talking myself out of this? I'm not too sure. Mike? Are you there, Mike? Michael? No. Michael? I think. Oh, I am oh no. Okay. I am all right. Here. All right. I am here. I was, yes, I, was I have resurrected again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The uh, they yeah yeah they 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 came in with the electroshock treatments and the uh, okay. they they uh, they electroshocked me back into coherence. No, you're absolutely right. 2017 was the Bills' last playoff appearance. They did make the playoffs that year. Dropped the game to the to the uh, the Jaguars. And uh, last year they did not qualify yes. for the playoffs in 2018. So they're back after a one year hiatus. Yeah. So uh, Texans, that was the last time that they met. So they have not met this season. So it's it's going to. Um, it's 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 going to uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, the the X factor for the Bills, in my opinion, is Josh Allen. 
who are you going to get? Are you going to get the guy who uh, just plays well enough to win? Or are you going to get the guy who's going to make a couple extra plays? Is he going to make that big run on third and long where, you know, maybe his he goes through his progressions and no one's open and he has to take off and run and get that first down? Is he going to make that play? Um, you know what? Actually, I, I started that as, as more of a... a uh, uh, Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't want you to answer that question, but I actually think I do want you to answer that question. Can Can Josh Allen be that X factor? Or do you agree that he is the biggest X factor for the Bills? Because again, I think I know what I know what we're going to get out of this defense. I know what we're going to get get out of this running game. But what are we going to get out of the quarterback position? Is he going to? Is Josh Allen going to be able to uh, put this team on his back? And no, I don't mean throw the ball forty five times, complete seventy percent of your passes, and all that. I'm talking about can he make that big play on third and long? Can he make that big play when the game's tight? Um, so, Mike, do you believe in Josh Allen to be able to do this? Because to me, I think that's the biggest difference in this game. I think the Texans are. I don't want to. I, I I don't even want to say that they're better because I think they have a better offense. They have more uh, household, house recognizable talent uh, in terms of who's on their team. Deshaun Watson and and obviously JJ uh, Watt and and DeAndre Hopkins, so on and so forth. Will Fuller is a is a big aspect of this offense for the Texans, but. I don't even know if I want to say that they're the, that they're the overall better team because I think the Bills' defense is so good. However, I do think Josh Allen has to be the X factor for this Bills team for them to win. So, um, do you agree? I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think that the X factor in this game is Josh Allen because that's going to determine. You mentioned about the Buffalo Bills defense. We know they're going to have schemes and they're going to devise situations that are going to put Deshaun Watson in difficult situations. Deshaun is a very good quarterback and I expect him to make plays. I don't expect him to make as many plays as he has against some of the other defenses he's faced because Buffalo is that good. And I believe in the Buffalo defense and I know they're going to have a good game plan in place to be able to contain him or at least slow him down. To me, it's going to be whether or not the Texans defense with J.J. Watt in place, and you mentioned Merciless, and you mentioned some of the guys that they have in the secondary, they've been erratic lately, but with Watt in place, all of a sudden, it solidifies everything. We bring things back to the New England Patriots an awful lot, but I liken his presence a lot to a Dante Hightower in the New England Patriots defense. He is the, the key cog back there and the guy that is in the linebacker position that can dictate where the safeties need to be, where the defensive back should be. He's able to communicate with the front seven. It gives him the opportunity. Watt has a very similar presence in this Texans defense. And Romeo Cornell is a guy that's not afraid to dial it up and blitz the quarterback. You're going to see him do that. It's got to be whether or not Josh Allen is capable of handling that. Again, I made the comment earlier about I didn't know if he was up to be able to handle the challenge of a consistent and a very formidable blitz. The Patriots did it to him and he had difficulty with it. So I think that right now is the game plan that the Texans are going to employ. It's going to be whether or not uh, Josh Allen can make some adjustments. I believe he's got it in him to be able to make those adjustments. Whether or not he does it on the field on Saturday is a different story. So this is going to be a very key uh, you know, point to anyone watching the game. But I think you articulated that perfectly, and I couldn't agree more. Look, for the Bills, you know, defensively, obviously, that's that's their game. They're going to have to lean on that defense for, for the bulk of the of this game. But they, they will need to play offensively maybe one or two throughout this game to, to be able to advance. Now, it's obviously DeAndre Hopkins. You can argue he is one of the best receivers in the league, but um, the, the peculiar, the peculiar. I, you know, I, I can never say that word, but yet I, I always try to say it at least once a show, and I don't understand why. In fact, this is the second time I've tried to say it in this show, and I, I just keep putting, you know, shooting myself in the leg. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a plaxico here. Um, but, you know, as crazy as it sounds, the biggest impact receiver on this team may be Will Fuller. And I'm not talking about from a talent standpoint. I'm talking about impact on this offense because his ability to to open up the rest of the field. And, and there's some pretty interesting splits that I wish I had in front of me. And I, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I had him at one point. I just, I, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it would be pointless for me to try to stall and try to find him right now because I, I just won't be able to. But 
Um, when Will Fuller's on the on the field, it, it, the the Texans' offense is a vastly different unit, and that's not saying you know that's not trying to diminish anything that DeAndre Hopkins does. He obviously has a large hand in that. However, with Will Fuller being able to do some of the things that he does in terms of clearing out the the middle of the field and and taking defenders with him with his blazing speed. Um, Deshaun Watson's a much better quarterback when that happens. When he's not on the field, you can see a, a, a pretty significant drop off in terms of production and efficiency. So, um, Will Fuller—that's a—that's a big, big uh, under the radar, in my opinion, uh, X factor for the Texans, and, and certainly a guy that the Bills really have to pay a lot of attention to. Not just DeAndre Hopkins, because again, this team has a lot of talent. I mean, we haven't even. We haven't even mentioned Kenny Stills yet. Who, yeah, he's not, uh, you know, he's not a number one receiver on every team, but he's a he's a damn good third receiver on any team, or you know, arguably a second receiver. So this team, this Texans offense, is is ripe with talent and, and littered with talent across the board. Um, and Will Fuller might be the biggest X factor, as crazy as it sounds. Not Deshaun Watson, not uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, but Will Fuller. So I'll be interested to see how the Bills play that because you know you, we know they have Tre'Davious White. Um, arguably one of the best corners in the league. I mean, you can sit there and say, like, maybe him and Stephon Gilmore and, you know, one other guy are in that mix as being some of the best, you know, at that position. Uh, so they, they have a good guy in that. But you would assume, you would assume, unless they, they take a page out of the Belichick book and put cornerback number two and safety help over the top for DeAndre Hopkins and then put Tredavious White on, on someone by himself, we'll, we'll see. But, uh the, the, the matchups in this game are just very intriguing with me. I'm, I'm very curious as to see how Buffalo is going to play this in particular because I, I feel like they're going to have to be a little bit more strategic um, in, in, in defending this team and, and, and uh, competing against the Texans. I completely agree. Again, I mean, the, the thing about Buffalo's defense that is such a strength is their secondary. Very much like the Patriots, they employ – great corners and great safeties and they're able to work together as a unit their safeties are f- capable of playing physical football almost like a linebacker type position their linebackers are versatile so when the bills try to show the blitz like the patriots like to they can drop a linebacker back into coverage and almost have him become a sixth defensive back or a fifth defensive back if they're going to go with a nickel or a greater package these are types of things that i really enjoy watching when i watch the buffalo bills play football the only time i don't enjoy it is when they're playing the England Patriots. But at the same time, this is going to be a a, a very intriguing. I I think you're absolutely right. This is an intriguing game for matchups. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, do they move Poyer and and keep him, you know, on some of the uh, the more prolific pass catching threats, or do they drop a guy like Micah Hyde into coverage and make him cover a a tight end? We mentioned Will Fuller. I think he is going to be uh, a big, uh, uh, you know, factor in their uh, offensive strategy, meaning the Texans. So this is going to be interesting to see how the Buffalo linebackers, how their front seven, and how their secondary is going to be able to play against a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. It's going to be very, very interesting to see this team uh, move forward. So uh, this is going to be, really, I think Saturday is going to be a very interesting day in the NFL. AFC, uh, you know, matchups galore, and this is going to be, uh, you know, really, really uh, good. I think you have four solid football teams that are so evenly matched on both sides of the ball. Uh, it really is. I think both games are toss-ups, and I think it's going to be a really fun uh, uh, day of football to watch. Yeah, and and that's uh, leading us into the second, the nightcap here, the uh, New England Patriots hosting the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, you know, we know last year, we knew last year that, um, you know, the, the Patriots obviously – uh, you know, squandered an opportunity to to have this weekend off, and uh, you know it is what it is. And now they're going to have to pay, face a very very formidable Tennessee team, and this is a team that we've actually talked about, uh, or at least we've we've been talking about the quarterback, or I've I've been talking about the quarterback for a while, mm-hmm. um, the last several weeks because, um, you know you you can pinpoint his uh, ascension to the starting role. <clears throat> excuse me, as the turnaround for this team. And, and that's exactly what it's been. So uh, don't be fooled by the 9-7 and seven record. This is not a 9-7 and seven team. Um, this team scores the, scored the fourth most points a game in the entire league. Uh, they have one of the best running backs. And, and, and lately, over, like I said, I mentioned at the start of the show, over the last six weeks or so, uh, no one's rushing better than Derrick Henry. So you add in Derrick Henry, you add in Ryan Tannehill, over, so who over his um, 12 games this season, uh, 
2,742 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, and a league-high 117.5 quarterback rating. Um, you can, you know, again, you, you we, we can sit here and debate the, the validity of passer rating all we want, but um, you, you look at the passer rating and you look at everything else, every number uh, that we see, every eye test that we can look at, and you'll say, okay, that's that's pretty legit. Ryan Tannehill has been that good. And um, arguably, if, if maybe... Uh, you know, maybe he started the whole season like this. You know, he'd he'd be right there in 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 the midst of the MVP race. But um, for now, he's leading a team that's that's playing great football. They're running the ball well. They're playing pretty good defense, and they got guys that are producing. Whether it's Derrick Henry, wide receiver AJ Brown, or Ryan Tannehill, um, this is a scary, scary team, especially for a Patriots team who, you know, if you're going to talk about their weaknesses on defense, and and they do have some, despite only allowing 14 points a game this year. Um, they they have trouble stopping the run. <laughs> let's let's be let's let's be honest here. And Derrick Henry poses a, a very serious threat for this team. He does, um, and there are a couple of factors involved in that. First, the myth that the Patriots have had a lot of difficulty stopping the run, and I I do understand what you're saying, man. And you take a look at the eye test, and it is. It's been situations where big backs have run for bigger yardage against the Patriots. Patriots are sixth in the league at stopping the run. That's not terrible. And well, let's, let's, people, I think, can I, can I I'm, I'm sorry, real quick? Uh, I'll no, say the, the combination of of running the ball traditionally and the ability for the running ba- or for the quarterback to also pick up yards is the biggest problem. Very, because, very because, good right, distinction. Yeah. So <laughs> I I should have been a little bit clearer on that because traditionally, you know, just straight up, if you just have a running back and a, and a, a stationary quarterback, you know, this is this is a pretty good run defense, but that extra element of the quarterback being able to also take off and, and gain some yardage is really what hurts the Patriots. So sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was perfect. So well said. The, the dynamite drop in Monty. Yeah. No, seriously, <laughs> That was a great distinction to make. And it really is. It, it absolutely hits the point. Like you can't imagine this Patriots team where they struggle is with a mobile quarterback that can extend the run game, a running game, a passing game that almost masks and uh, masquerades, I guess, is the best way to put it, as a running game itself. And the Titans are very, very good at doing that. Look, Derrick Henry is probably the best, if not one of the best backs in the league. And I said that earlier on in the broadcast. He's very difficult to take down. He anchors himself well, and he is a big, rumbling, tight, tough back that can get yardage, go through the middle. He's also the type of runner that can make cuts, and he's very difficult at being able to get because he does have elusive speed for a back of his size. This is a very tough matchup for the New England Patriots. Couple that in with the weather forecast on Saturday yeah. night, which shows heavy rain in New England. This is difficult. We saw the Patriots take on a team in the Cleveland Browns in the same stadium in the same type of weather conditions. And it was very difficult for them to get traction and be able to take down a runner like Nick Chubb, who is very similar to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I think, is more prolific. I think Chubb Mm -hmm. is still kind of coming into his own. Not to say that he's not a good runner. Please don't misconstrue that. Chubb is one of the better runners in the league. But if you're going on the balance sheet right now, I have to give it to Henry based Mm -hmm. on his, uh, uh, his, his experience. But this is a problematic matchup for the New England Patriots. What they need to do is they need Danny Shelton to be the anchor in the defensive front that he's been all season long. He has to play solid at nose tackle. He's going to have to take on a couple of different offensive linemen at times and be able to clear the way so that way Mm -hmm. they're not opening up seams for Derrick Henry. Lawrence Guy has to be right on it right from the get-go. He has been phenomenal lately. Lawrence Guy's been very good at stopping the run. He's been very good at reading um, offensive plays, and he's been a big factor. Going to need a big game from Adam Butler. Yep. And they're also going to need a big game from a linebacker like Landon Roberts and maybe even guys like John Simon uh, in the uh, in the second uh, uh, the uh, the defensive edge position, sort of playing that pseudo type defensive end linebacker to come in and be able to put pressure and stuff the run because the Patriots are going to stack the box. There's no question about it. What the Titans are going to do to co- to counteract that is be able to try to run around. They're going to try to hit right routes and left routes and be able to confuse the Patriots front seven. The Patriots stack the box. They have a decent chance of being able to stop Henry in his tracks. 
They're going to have to do a lot of what we saw them do going back to way, way back in 2000 when they chipped Marshall Falk at the line of scrimmage. They have to disrupt No, no, Mike, timing. Mike, Mike. The, I'm sorry. Yep. The, the, they had the tape of the walkthrough. That's why they did it. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, right. I keep obviously, forgetting. I, obviously. I, I keep forgetting. And oh, man. <laughs> you know what? That's a whole kettle of yeah, you know, I, need to open right <laughs> I, now. I probably, you know, I would say we bring up, I would say we bring up the asterisk book, but uh, you know what? No, I am, um, no, I, I, uh, I, I need, I, I need, I keep it in my bathroom for, uh, for personal reasons. And uh, it's not because I'm reading no, it in I, there, folks. So I let's refuse, just put it that way. I refuse to give that person publicity. I won't, I mean, you've already yeah. mentioned the name of the book, but I won't elaborate any further to the details because I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I'm not even going to get into it. I don't want to give the person publicity. But if you're curious, yeah. just check out my Twitter. One word, one word, Cottonelle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's 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 move on. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. If if you really want to know, if you really want to, you know, figure out what I'm talking about, just head over to at uh, igleen31 on Twitter and and check out my my more recent interactions over the last 24 hours. Yes, so, my, my, exactly my friend, my friend is a patient and good man. Let me tell you, <laughs> I try, I try. Um, I convince myself that it, that it's uh, uh, humorous to me. And I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I sit back and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So, but yeah. either way, uh, I, I don't want to give that person any sort of publicity on this show yeah. because of course we reached the millions and millions of, uh, and millions. yes, <laughs> of the fans out there. And we, we don't, I don't want, um, I mean, not that anyone would actually buy the book, because let's 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 be real. It's it's yeah yeah. I, I, I'm gonna stop. I'll stop. I'll stop because we're running out of time. I don't want to dive into this. Um, I did mention yesterday that or earlier that we were gonna give our picks for these games in addition to previewing the NFC uh, slate of games on Sunday tomorrow. So you're just gonna have to hang tight. We're gonna give you our predictions. We're also gonna jump in a little bit more on these two games tomorrow. Uh, we we're gonna focus a lot more on the NFC, but we do want there there are a few things that I do want to touch on uh, in addition to what we've already talked about today. But we did have some other other things on the list to get through so we we didn't quite have enough time so uh we will do that tomorrow so tomorrow morning we will we will be back at 8 a.m it is friday it'll be january the third uh and we will uh preview both the afc nfc and give our picks so so mike this is uh this is exciting it's playoff football in just a few weeks the super bowl will be here and um then we're going to hit that <laughs> dangerous time of the year where there's no football for like five months and um i hope you're prepared <laughs> Oh, I am prepared. We'll uh, we'll talk a lot of uh, talk a lot of twenty four, a lot of Seinfeld. Yes. No, and all, and all ki- no, I know there are a lot of sports: baseball, basketball, hockey. Yeah, and and Mike was uh, cursing for those last fifteen seconds. So <laughs> yes, I was absolutely I'm sure, I'm sure cursing said, very heavily, folks. I, I heard uh, there's other sports like basketball and hockey, and that was it. But no, I and I'm going to assume what you were trying to say was, of course, we will be covering all those sports. And uh, you know, if we if we did more than an hour, we would likely get to those sports every day. But you know, you you, you got it. You got to give the fans what they want. The fans want that's football, right. And right now we are <laughs> uh, football is king, and football is in. Uh, the prime spot right now. So again, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. sharp or shortly after, depending on (laughs) when we get things rolling. But join us 8 a.m. tomorrow on Full Press Radio on Sportscaster. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at FPC Radio Live. Of course, you can follow me. I already mentioned it, but I'll say it one more time at IGLEN31. And of course, you can follow Mike on Twitter. It's at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And uh, go ahead, check it out. And uh, we love interacting with you folks. So until then, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, folks.